Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game, and occasionally an Intellivision game, and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 230. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to everybody. Henry, as always, is with me. Hi, Henry. Hmm. Hope things are going well for you. We're chugging along well into June. The world is still what it is. What's going on, Henry? Anything new? Hmm. Uh, nothing new for me either. Just trying to, you know, hunker down and do what we need to do. Hope all is well for you guys. I'm enjoying a fruit and spinach uh, shake, smoothie, as we're recording this. So, you know, don't be jealous or anything. Here, you can enjoy, uh, uh, from an audio standpoint, my beverage. Here we go. Ah, that was delightful. You want some? No. No? All right. We got a little bit of feedback on last episode, uh, on the episode post for 229 Space Battle on Facebook. Um, You can uh, like the show on Facebook, by the way, and you should do that if you haven't already. Clinton Davies, hi Clinton, commented, so much space on Intellivision. Battle, Hawk, Spartans, I don't remember Spartans, Armada, but no invaders? I smell a conspiracy. Eh, whatever, fun game. Thanks for the comment, Clinton. You're right. There isn't really space invaders, but isn't there? Isn't one of those that you said basically space invaders? Is it space armada? Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a different space game, but I think there's one that effectively is just space invaders. And space Spartans is not one that I know. I'll ask Henry. Henry, do you know space Spartans? No. No, I don't either. If that's a game you guys think I should check out, uh, let me know. Thanks for the comment, Clinton. As always, if you want to comment on anything we do on this podcast, or really anything at all, contact us in one of the various ways that we'll talk about at the end of the show. There's a couple news items that really don't have anything to do with video games, but I thought they were interesting. This was reported many places, but the article I saw was on vice.com. Scientists have discovered vast, unidentified structures deep inside the Earth. Scientists combed through nearly 30 years of earthquake data to probe huge and mysterious objects near the Earth's core. This thing is located between Earth's liquid outer core and the lower mantle, a zone some 3,000 kilometers, which, uh, if you can't do the math quickly enough in your head, is 1,864 miles beneath uh, where we're walking. Using a machine learning algorithm that was originally developed to analyze distant galaxies to probe the mysterious phenomenon occurring deep within our own planet, they discovered this thing. One of these is located between the Marquesas Islands and another beneath uh, Hawaii, and evidently both of them were discovered one had never been seen before. I guess the other one they knew about, but both of them are way Where bigger they than they thought. Huh? Where did they discover? Well, these huge structures, like 1,800 feet below the ground, mm. I don't know that they really even know what they're made out of or what they are. They, they don't know what they are, but I'm not sure they even know what they're made out of. The team focused on seismograms produced by shear waves that travel along the boundaries between Earth's core and the lower portion of the mantle that borders it. These waves are the slower secondary waves that follow the initial tremors made by earthquakes called primary waves, and they generally produce clearer signals. If anyone out there listening knows what any of that means, let me know. When the shear waves hit these structures, they produce a type of echo-like signature known as a post-cursor. These echoes indicate the presence of anomalies deep inside the Earth called ultra-low-velocity zones, which are dense patches on the core mantle boundary. These are intriguing not only because of their size, but because they may be composed of exotic materials that date back to a time before Earth had a moon. These huge anomalous chunks could be partially melted material that predate the moon uh, formation event, which scientists think was a gigantic collision between early Earth and a Mars-sized object 
more than 4 billion years ago. So it's very interesting. It just sort of piles on to all the weirdness that is 2020. Pandemics and civil unrest and murder hornets and what else, Henry? Mm. So mysterious underground objects just kind of seems to fit in. I saw something today that said, if you read the Mayan calendar differently next week, meaning this week, as you're hearing this episode, is going to be the end of the world. And I just kind of shrug. It's like, oh, sure, that's possible. Because, you know, it's easy to believe anything could happen at this point. So if this is the end of the world, I hope you get to enjoy this episode first, uh, at least to the end of it. What else did I read? Oh, this is terrible news. Jeopardy, iconic game show Jeopardy, has run out of new episodes. Like a lot of TV, really probably most TV, they have shut down production of Jeopardy because of uh, quarantines and social distancing and all that. And they've run out of new episodes to show. Oh my god. What are we going to do, Henry? Now, I'll be honest. I don't remember the last time I actually sat and watched an episode of Jeopardy. But kind of like oxygen and adequate food supplies. Even if it's not something you think about much, it's just nice to know that it's out there. So it disturbs me a little to know that uh, there's no new Jeopardy for the foreseeable future. They've been doing various reruns and packaging uh, you know, clips of old champions and stuff to try and get through it, but it's just not the same. So, um, you know, light a candle for, uh, for Jeopardy. Uh, we'll get through this. Don't worry. If nothing else, it's more time to listen to podcasts. So there's that. Any thoughts on Jeopardy, Henry? Mm. Well, in that case, I bet you would like to get onto this week's game, wouldn't you? That was funny, Henry, because I said, I bet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's kind of my life, guys. This week's game is Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack from Mattel, 1979. As, not always, but as frequently occurs, I am playing the Sears Super Arcade version of Las Vegas uh, Poker and Blackjack. This was uh, Henry's opportunity to be uh, apprenticed, not apprenticed, to be introduced to the world of gambling. I feel that that's a healthy thing for a parent to do with their young kid. And, uh, and so we checked out a little Poker and Blackjack. We had a little tutorial last night. It's real cards. Henry managed to kick my butt somehow in five-card draw, having, even though he had never really played before. Um, he might have been cheating. I don't know. But he did. So we play a little bit more today. We'll get to the field report here in a minute. But first, the rules. Poker and Blackjack is, just as advertised, a set of different gambling you know, card games, basically. Uh, you can play one or two players. And basically, you're trying to beat the dealer and win as much money as you can. That's pretty straightforward, right? There are overlays, as there always are. Uh, the manual goes into excruciating detail how to insert the overlays into the uh, controller. There's a dealer who looks all happy until you beat him, and then he gets a grumpy face. There are specific rules to each type of card game, of course, but some of the general rules are when you press view cards, the disc lets you view your cards. That's what you press to see what's in your hand. Otherwise, the cards are turned over face down. When you press view cards, disc on either hand controller, animated dealer will appear on your TV screen. He's computerized and talks to you by means of cartoon balloons. Sometimes he only deals and acts as banker, like in blackjack. Sometimes he participates in poker. Keep watching his eyes. He's shifty. In all games, when dealer appears on the screen, letters P1, player 1, and P2, player 2, also appear. There's a flashing error next er, arrow next to whichever player has the next turn. At the end of each hand, the letter W will appear beside the player who wins, and L beside the player that loses. Also, the dealer will smile when he wins and frown when he loses. In blackjack, a push is a tie. 
For example, if both you and the dealer wind up with a 17, it's a standoff and nobody wins. The wallet is your pretend bank. At the start of play, the dealer will ask, wallet? Each player then inputs the theoretical amount of money he wishes to play with. He does this by pressing the digit keys on his hand controller corresponding to the amount he wants in his wallet and by pressing enter to confirm. To play with a $500 wallet, you would press digit keys 500 because that's how numbers work. If you change your mind about the amount of wallet, press the clear key before pressing enter. Once enter is pressed, the amount cannot be changed. If you lose your entire wallet, you're out of the game and your hand controller becomes inoperative. If both players lose their wallets, the dealer will say bankrupt, followed by wallet, and the players can then enter new wallets because in the world of this gambling video game, money just magically appears. In real Las Vegas, if you lose your entire wallet, you have to beg for cash on the side of the road and buy a bus ticket home or call your mommy or something. If only one player has lost his wallet and wants to get back into the game, press reset. This will eliminate the wallet of the remaining player who can then re-enter the same wallet he had before pressing reset. The amount in a player's wallet is carried over until the next card game, whether the same game or a different one. After both players have entered their wallets, the dealer will ask ready. This is the time to select the game you want to play, which you can do by pressing the corresponding name key on your hand controller. You can also let the dealer choose the next game by pressing dealer's choice. The rules of theoretical betting vary with each game, but instructions for individual games, see instructions for individual games, but the following procedures apply to all games. Initially, when the dealer asks bet, you input your, sim your simulated bet by pressing the digit keys corresponding to the amount you want to bet, then press enter, for example, or, or to raise, press the amount, say $25, followed by raise. If you want to change your simulated bet, press clear before pressing enter, then bet again. The amount of the bet appears in each player's column just above the amount of the wallet. As a player wins or loses, the amount of the bet will be added to or subtracted from the wallet. In blackjack, the dealer does not bet. He merely acts as banker. In the poker games, however, he can bet, call, or raise, just like other players. I'm going to assume for our purposes here that you guys know how to play the various games, but I'll tell you what the games are. You have blackjack. You have... Um, Oh, there's a page here where they tell you the different types of poker hands. Royal flush, straight flush, four of a kind, full house, flush, straight, three of a kind, two pair, one pair, high card. Uh, for anyone who needs a refresher on that, uh, you can also play five card stud, seven card stud, five card draw, which is mostly what Henry and I played, both last night and in the field report today, although I did play a little bit of blackjack as well. I just got like blackjack. And I guess, are there any other games on there? Yeah, five card stud, seven card stud, five card draw, blackjack. Yeah, that's it. So that is how you play poker and blackjack for the Sears Video Arcade. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. 
You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. The VideoGameCritic.com gave Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack a grade of A. Despite some reservations, I was very impressed with this casino-style card game. Graphics are sharp, it's easy to read the cards. The best aspect of the game is the dealer. Not only does he look good when he deals, but he makes some funny facial expressions, depending on how well you're doing. The Intellivision control pads are well-suited for this type of game, with specific buttons assigned to hit, stand, or double down. This is definitely one of the better classic card games. In TV Funhouse says that this was the original patch-in game for the Intellivision, despite the early boxes touting NFL football as the patch-in. Later period, Astro Smash took on that role with the original 2609. Later, the Intellivision 2 shipped with the Lock and Chase or Birder Time. Even though everyone has this, it's still a fun game. How can you not like Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack? The shifty-eyed dealer and the shuffling of the cards. We spent an unbelievable number of hours playing that game, seeing how low of a wallet we could start with and still build to 99.99. That's, how, that's the biggest your wallet can get. Seems the developer of this game must have skewed it in favor of the player, as the real thing is sure a lot harder. Of course, the dealer doesn't exactly play with a poker face. A total of uh, 12 Las Vegas poker and blackjack box variants have been documented. There are ROM variations. A total of 18 Las Vegas poker and blackjack manual variant types have been documented. Six overlay variants. Seven label variants. And if you find new contradictory information, let them know. Side note here. Uh, just because I think it's interesting. As I'm going through this game, I'm noticing that my co-host here is reading the Constitution. Like, literally. We got a copy of... Actually, sorry, it's not the Constitution. It's the Declaration of Independence. Why are you reading the Declaration of Independence? Mm. Are you preparing to do so you declare yourself independent? Yes. You're going to create your own country within this house? Yes. As if our house is, a, is one country, you're going you're gonna to secede? Yes. Wait, that makes me Great Britain, then. Are you going to throw a bunch of tea into the harbor? Meaning the bathtub? Yes. And declare yourself independent? Yes. Alright, but I'm not, you know, I'm not buying any more Cheerios. Banana Cheerios. Banana Nut Cheerios, by the way, are quite tasty. Shout out to General Mills if you want to sponsor the podcast. Anyway, let's move on before Henry decides to uh, put up a border wall or something. After the break, you got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. But just remember it, though, nobody likes to know it all. Hey, everybody. We're trying something new today with the field report. A video field report. If you're listening to the podcast, which presumably you are, you're hearing this as an audio field report uh, on suggestion of, I think it was Jeff Fulton. Uh, you can blame him or praise him, depending on what you think of these videos. We are making the video of our field reports available to the patrons on the Patreon project. So um, if you're hearing this through the Patreon, uh, thanks for being a subscriber. If you're listening to this in audio only on the podcast, well, you're missing out on this glorious video of uh, us stumbling through the game this week, and uh, you should go subscribe. So, we're playing Blackjack and Poker for the Intellivision, it's actually the series uh, Super Video Arcade 
version of blackjack and poker as you can see on the screen here copyright 1979 from Mattel this is one of the games that I had you know, I've mentioned before I had uh, half a dozen or so games for the Intellivision as a kid and this is one of them that I had and it looks like this how's that look Henry? it looks good to me can you see it? yeah I can see it Henry by the way is playing the role of videographer today uh, so thanks for doing that Henry because you're using my camera. Cause we, yeah, because you're using Henry's camera, basically. So, what do you think? Should we play some poker? Yeah, play some poker. Alright. We played poker last night. Yeah, so Henry had a little live real cards poker tutorial last night. And despite the fact that he had never played poker before, effectively, uh, he kicked my butt. Until we, were, until we both went all in. And yeah, so when we got time to be done playing with our Monopoly money that we were using uh, to play poker, on the last round, we went all in, everything we had in our in our uh, piles, uh, and I happened to win that hand. So, but up until then, he'd been crushing me. You so, won like the first three, two, three rounds. Yeah. And then I started winning. All right, so let's play. How much should I put in my wallet, Henry? Um, six thousand. So there's the dealer. The wallet is just basically the money you have in your pocket to play oh. with. And the only way to, pr to do one player is press enter on that. Nope. And then press enter on the other one. Okay. So I'm playing by myself since Henry's on camera duty. It's just going to be me. Um, what and are we playing? Five card draw. A five card draw. It's third. Sounds like he's farting. Motion animation. Alright, so what have I got? I got uh, not much of anything. Um, possibly I could make a flush out of that if I could drop the two clubs and get a couple of spades. Maybe. Oh, isn't that, isn't that a full house? Three spades? Three no, you have to have three, like three, it'd have to be like three fours and two jacks or oh. something. Uh, I don't know. What should I bet, Henry? Um, let me see your card. It's a, I, I got nothing right now. Um, but maybe when I discard, I'll get something. You could. I'll go with a low bet. You could try to. You could try to um. Wait, let me see. You could try to discard for the four, two, and safely try to get a. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I gotta make a bet to stay in the in the game. What should I bet? I'm gonna do a low bet. I'm gonna do like ten. And you, you, can, you can go for betting is 99. Yeah. I'm just going to call. Discards. Alright. Try the 4, 2, and 6. So, number 1. Number 3, number 4. So I'm pressing the corresponding numbers on the keypad. See what I get. This is exciting. Alright, what did I get? Oh, you just got a discard. Oh. Dealer looks very happy. He likes his job. His mustache is really... Wow, I didn't get anything out of that. If I had like a nine, I'd have a... Instead of the five, I'd have a straight. But I don't. I think I just got a full tenor. Wait. See, I want to see what the dealer has. I don't think we can, Henry. You have to bet. 
Oh, so you want me to stay in just so you want because you want to know what the dealer has? Yeah, just put just bet one. Well, you know what? We're not going to do a whole thing here. I'm going to I'm going to go for it. I'm going to bet five hundred dollars. Well, you I have nothing. I can't, right? You have nothing. What if he is like a little? I'm about fifty dollars. I know, but we're not going to play this whole game and lose all my money. So I'm just going to call. Yeah, he, he could have had anything, and he would have beaten me. So that's what? five card draw. What if you both had nothing? Let's try. I, I kind of want to play blackjack. High card, I guess. Oh. Alright, I like blackjack. I'm going to bet 99. The object in blackjack is to get closest to 21 without going over. I have 12 now. Um, so I want that card. I went over though. Man, let me try that again. That went fast. I think, I think I played this game at school with some of my friends. With your fifth grade friends, you were playing blackjack at school? Yeah, but no money. <laughs> it wasn't any money. Uh, it was probably in like third grade. Oh, okay. Well, that's much better then. Yeah. Wait, I thought. Because all I needed is a third wow, grade. Definitely can take a hit. So I'm sitting at 13. Yeah, I'm going to hit on 15. And... Wow. Uh, one more. Wait, Dad. Yeah. Have you done a face reveal? What? For your podcast, I post a picture of your face. Uh, nobody see, needs to see my doofus face on the podcast. I'm a mystery man. If anyone's bought one of my books, this is a subtle uh, advertisement for my books. They see my face because my picture's on it. I did it. I won. I won. You got eleven. How much is the eight? Ace can be one or eleven. So eleven plus and, a, and Jack Queen King are ten each. So that's twenty-one. I did. I did. I won. I won. And on that happy note, back to you in the studio. Hey, Atari fans! This is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about poker and blackjack. Henry, do we like poker and blackjack? Yeah. What do we like about it? It's poker. <laughs> Just that it's poker? Yeah. How does it compare playing it on the Intellivision to playing it like with real cards? It's a little worse. A little worse? How come? Because it's 1976 or whatever. 79. 79, whatever. And 
and it cards playing in 2020. There's a okay. difference. Why do the, the years make a difference? It's the same game, Because right? that is pixelated. You, you would rather just have the physical cards yeah. and deal about. So yeah. it's not so much that it's 1979, a 1979 game, just that it's a computer game yeah. and not, not with, like, real cards. But even with that in mind, how did you like playing poker on the computer? Good. Okay. How come? I like playing poker. Okay. I know you probably haven't played many other poker computer games, yeah. if any, but what did you like? What, what, what was the best part of this computer game? The money. <laughs> I know. Aside from poker, what was, what was the experience of playing this game like? Good. Okay. How come? Because you get to use money. Because <laughs> you get to use money. And it's not real money, right? Yeah. You can win a bunch, but if you lose, you're not out anything. Yeah. So that's good. So there you have it. My 10-year-old son has become a fan of gambling. This surely can't go badly. I still have 11 years to... You have 11 years until you get into the casino. So that's something to work towards. Oh, we forgot to do our ongoing segment. What game is Henry playing while we podcast about another game? Well, I was playing Farming Simulator. Yeah. And I started reading Declaration of Independence. Yeah, so when we... He's not playing a game right now, but when we started recording, he was playing the Farming Simulator. How did it go? Your your crops come in good today? The crops don't grow. Yeah. The crops don't... The crops only grow when when you're actually playing the game. So it takes forever for your crops to grow. Each time you play, do you have to start over? With no. the crops? No. So they grow a certain amount, and you stop playing, and then you come back and play some more, and they, they, have, they stay that same size, and then they grow some more? Okay. But what's the goal? Are you trying to harvest the crops and take them to market? It's to get the... It's basically... There basically is no goal. The only goal is not go broke. How do you go broke? We're not getting enough crops because for crops you get money. Okay, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Okay. And what? How? How can you lose your crops in the game? You don't harvest them really enough. Oh. Or you don't. Or you just don't plant them. Are there things like uh, storm comes through and wipes no. out your crops, or the no. the animals come and eat them, or something? No. Okay. Well, that sounds cool. And then you're reading the Declaration of Independence. Why, why are you reading the Declaration? I know we talked about your seceding from the house, but what, what do you like about that document? I don't know. What's hard to read? Well, yeah, because this is literally a copy of the Declaration of Independence written in, the, the, in pen, you know, in the writing style. It's a copy of the document, so it's probably hard to read. And it's a small, and it's small print, and it's written in that sort of swoopy... I don't know if it's calligraphy, but... It's like calligraphy. Yeah. So... It's like partly calligraphy and partly cursive. You could go on the internet and find a copy of the document that would be much easier to read. It is a good document to read. Everybody should. But you don't have to read that one, necessarily. You just like the challenge? Yeah. All right. That's fair. This has been What Game is Henry Playing? While we podcast about a different game. I'm still waiting for a jingle for that, by the way. Somebody needs to send me that. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story. story.
story, story, story time with Bill. Henry, do you have a story this week? No. No? I'm not surprised. But I do, which also doesn't surprise me. This week's story is titled, What Happens in Vegas Isn't Going to Clean Itself. When Gene got the call that Las Vegas was reopening after the pandemic quarantine, he had three demands before agreeing to spearhead the mission to sanitize the place and prevent the spread of COVID-19. First, under no circumstances would a black light be used. He'd shined a black light in Vegas once. It was, well, he'd slept with regular lights on for weeks after. The weird thing was, he'd been using the black light inside an air conditioning duct. Second, no one on his crew was allowed to reference Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., or any other Rat Pack-related components. Third, no drama. Everyone loves to romanticize Vegas. The lights, the glitz, the quick fortunes and quicker bankruptcies. The violent past and gaudy presence. There was nothing romantic about Vegas as far as Gene was concerned. Less flowers, more penicillin. Still, a job's a job. When that call ended, Gene pushed up his rose-tinted glasses. Why rose-tinted? Gene was a professional sanitizer. There was nothing rosy in his day-to-day, so he had to find the rosy where he could. If only his glasses were rose-scented. Gene led a small caravan of trucks into the desolate city. Tumbleweeds scattered like, well, like tumbleweeds. A marquee touting Danny the Magic Man had all but disappeared behind the dense overgrowth of foliage. Cheap buffet cuts of prime rib, eyeing their chance for freedom, had made it as far as the strip before being devoured by the escaped tigers from the various animal acts around town. Feral hookers scattered for cover as the caravan rolled through town. Gene brought the caravan to a halt in front of the sand-in-your-pants casino. While the sanitation team prepped their equipment outside, Gene stepped into the casino. The overhead lights were out, but the glow from the row upon row of slot machines was enough to see around the room well enough. Gene stepped to one of the tables and absently spun a roulette wheel as he considered a strategy. He thought better of it then. Who knew what germs were on that thing? A tower of chips slid off a blackjack table and Gene jumped in spite of himself. Great, he muttered. Now I have to clean that up too. Nah, let it be, a high-pitched voice said from the darkened end of the gaming floor. I gave up on cleaning a long time ago. Really frees a guy up. Gene peed a little. Good thing they brought the extra absorbent sponges. Who's there? Gene said, not nearly as bravely as he would have preferred. One time on a sanitation assignment at a fast food restaurant that had been shut down by the health department for, quote, odiferous curly fries, Gene pulled a wad of gunk out of a shop vac that was opaque, gelatinous, and, yes, odiferous. What oozed up in front of him in the casino that day was like that fast food gunk, only seven feet tall, and it vibrated. Wide eyes in an area of the ooze blob a bit lower than Gene would have expected the face to be, but who was he to judge? A thin-lipped mouth opened and Gene immediately wished it would close again. The stench coming from the mouth made the smell of a gas station bathroom positively morning coffee glorious. Hello, the blob said enthusiastically. I come in peace, Gene said. I mean, hi, what are you? The creature oozed back on its would-be haunches. That was rude. Sorry, Gene said. Haven't been around people much lately. It's a not a pandemic thing. I just don't like them. I miss people, the creature said. Still hungry, are you? Gene said. I think I see the croupier doing backstrokes around your midsection. The creature was alarmed. No! That would violate social distancing. Yeah, we're not doing that so much anymore. Really? The creature said. Gene could swear it shrunk a few inches. He knew now what this thing was. 
and therefore he proclaimed, I know what you are. The creature's eyes drew wide. You do? It shrank a few more inches. Of course, Jean said. I go to all these houses, businesses, the occasional destitute unicorn flophouse. I've seen you before. You're Sid the Id. The preacher beamed. It wasn't pretty. Party on, dude! The world has been locked up at home for so long, Jean said. No going out to movies, no socializing, no uh, intimate encounters. All that need for gratification is palpable. It's real, even if we can't see it. It's like oxygen, or the fascination with cat videos on social media. That cat in the shoebox with the remote control is hilarious, the creature said. All that desire for gratification, for pleasure, when it's repressed, turns sour, ugly. Turns into, well, you, Gene said. Thank you? But you're free, Gene said. The quarantine is over. People can go out and have fun again. Yay! All I have to do is vacuum you up with my shop vac and dump you into a metal drum for disposal in a landfill. Now hold still. The creature shimmied like lime gelatin day at a dynamite convention. I'm scared, it said. Don't be, Gene said. I got a new vac. Nice long hose. Great torque. No, not that, the creature said. I'm scared to go out again. Why? People can gamble, have fun, get together again. Normal stuff. The creature sighed. Normal isn't normal anymore. I don't know how. Gene laughed. I'm a guy who cleans up microscopic poop traces off people's stoves, and you're a blob made of people's feelings. Normal has never really existed anyway. The creature thought about this. With a wet slurping sound, two twig-like arms emerged from the blob's shoulder area and reached out for a dealing shoe off the blackjack table. Draw, he said. High card wins. Long story short, the sand-in-your-pants casino was rendered spotless and stayed that way until Bernard Lautrec won the jackpot on a dollar slot the following Tuesday. Sid the Id is headlining eight shows a week in the bid room at the casino. Gene gave up the sanitation racket. He manages Sid now and tries really hard not to touch anything. Be safe out there, everybody. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket Jeff Fulton from the Into the Vertical Blank Growing Up Atari podcast. You're listening to the incomparable Bill and his wonderful stories, gameplay sessions, and just plain fun that he has with his Atari and sometimes in television systems here on the Atari Bytes podcast. We cover all things Atari from the 2600 through all the video game systems, computers, and more. Our first game system was the 2600, and we loved it. We still do. So when you want more Atari, come visit us in the vertical blank. And that's our show. Thanks as always for being here, Henry. Yeah. Um, you know, safe travels on your gambling journey. Yeah. <laughs> I either want you to not get into gambling or get really into gambling and win a lot of money so that you can support your old man. Think you can do that? Yeah. All right. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Stroll on over to the craps table that is Apple Podcasts and plunk down your grandma's antique five-star review on the on this here podcast. It'll be fine. You didn't want to retire anyway, did you? Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram, where, just a reminder, Henry's art is still available, right? Yeah. We got that coloring book we got to put up there, don't we? Yeah. There's still art available. Henry is happy to sell you prints 
of his work. New stuff is coming out all the time. There's also custom. And custom orders are available. We just sent off a custom order. I saw, I saw my first custom. Yep. If you have an idea for something you would like him to draw that isn't already up there, send us your idea if it's a reasonable one. We'll talk about price and all of that, and uh, and we'll be happy to, uh, I say we, Henry will be happy to do that. And uh, half of what he makes off of this artwork, he is going to send out to COVID-related charities. We haven't really picked a specific one yet, I guess, but we need to do that. Uh, and then he will he will make that happen, and he will share his art with the world. So it's all good for everybody. Don't forget, uh, you can call us too. We haven't gotten a voicemail for a while, but uh, we would like to hear from you guys verbally, aud- audioly, which is not a word. I just decided it was. And you can do that. 563-265-1978. Leaves a voicemail message about pretty much anything you want, and uh, there's a pretty good chance we're going to play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. What are you going to find there? All sorts of stuff about what I do. Um, there are show notes, episodes, information, social media about this podcast, Atari Bites, and my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, a deep monthly dive into all things related to the iconic Peanuts comic strip. All that information is over there. You can also find out about books that I've written, Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, which is a collection of stories from this here podcast. Another collection of stories from this podcast is coming sometime this year. I got a little sidetracked with other things. But it, is, it will be coming. And of course I will be talking about that more as things develop. And I'm doing new stuff all the time. So that's the website to go to to find out what's going on with me creatively. Uh, as far as the books, there are also links over there uh, for some of the places that you can order the books. If you can, times are weird now, I know, and there are a lot of great causes to give money to. But if you are able to spare a little uh, to help support this show financially, we would be grateful. You can do that by going to Patreon. Uh, dot com, the Atari Bytes page over there, and subscribe. Uh, depending on what level you subscribe at, you can get access to the episodes early. You don't necessarily have to wait until Sunday every week to hear our ramblings. You can get those early. You can, at uh, a little bit higher level, you can also get bonus content. And there's some excitement there because thanks to, I hope I'm trading the right person, thanks to Jeff Fulton from um, Into the Vertical Blank. It was his suggestion, so starting with Today's episode, as a matter of fact, we are making video of our field reports available on the Patreon. So you can actually see the game as we're playing it uh, for the field report. Um, as we're recording this, we just did it. I don't know exactly when it'll be up there on the Patreon, and you have to be a subscriber uh, to get it. But uh, if that's a thing you want to see, uh, it's there. So if it's a thing you don't want to see, well, blame Jeff. Um, so I hope you enjoy that. Uh, give us some feedback on what you think of that. Keeping in mind, neither Henry or I are professional videographers. So be kind when you uh, critique the uh, quality of the video. What else? Oh, thanks to our existing patrons, Michael Tyler, Jose Caseta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike for sticking with us. There are many great places you could be spending your money, and we are thrilled that you are sharing some of that with us. All right. Anything else to uh, do before I tell him what's happening next week, Henry? No. All right. Next time on Atari Bytes. We got one more week of Intellivision Month. This will be our last Intellivision game for the year, and it's a good one. We're going to play Beauty and the Beast, which I I own it now, uh, but I've never played it. I, I don't know what show I was listening to, but I kept hearing good things about it. So I thought, I should get that game, and I did. So we're going to play that next week, and uh, it should be a good time. If you have thoughts about Beauty and the Beast, get them in uh, as soon as you can. If you don't get them in before the next episode, no worries. You can send them later. 
Anything else? Alright, so until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.